Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry, with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode. So this is an interview episode, but you haven't heard who we've got coming up yet, because there's four of us in total, and I felt like that would be a little bit of a long intro. Um, But today we're going to be discussing how do we grow the UK pageant industry. So um, I think the title of panel discussion is a bit better than an interview for this one um, and I wanted to have a really good cross-section of the industry to do this episode. Uh, this is actually our overriding aim with Pageantland. We want to help grow UK contestants and the UK industry as a whole and um, I've said it a few times and I'll say it again, we have zero interest in being any kind of governing body. We are here to support the growth of the industry and something which I and all the other ladies involved are very, very passionate about. Um, So I felt like this is a really important discussion to start having um, because it's all very well and good us having this aim, but until we start really ironing out what the rest of the industry thinks would benefit, we can't move forward. We have lots of plans ourselves, but as I always say, we are a community, we are a community project, and we need the support of the community to be able to do this. So um, we've got Ruth, Bromie, and Hannah. So I'm going to let you guys, if you could just give us a, a quick intro on who you are and how you connect to the pageant industry. And Ruth, I'll come to you first. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me. I'm so nice to be invited. My name's Ruth Wade, and I'm currently the director for International Junior Miss United Kingdom which is a system sending six girls to compete in International Junior Miss in the US. And prior to this, I've been involved in the pageant industry for over 10 years now as a competitor, both nationally and internationally. And then Romy, if I come to you second. Hi Jess, hi everyone. So yes, I'm Romy and I am currently a Miss Intercontinental UK finalist. I have competed before for the last eight years. I was former Miss International UK and Miss Supernational England and Miss Global United Kingdom. Uh, And I am also the director of Atlantic Beauty Pageant, which is a UK national system. And then Hannah. I'm back, back, back again. Um, Hello, my name is Hannah Golding. I'm the founder of Sparkles and Rhinestones. And by the time this episode probably comes out, I'll be the former Young Miss International spokesmodel. Um, I've been competing for about 10 years now. It's my 10th year. And I won internationals last year with the Yummy system going to the Young American Miss International, Young Miss International uh, pageant system. So we have a whole lot of awesomeness on this panel, a whole lot of experience and expertise um, and different viewpoints as well. Um, Like many good things in life, 
there has been natural growth over the years with the industry. Um, but to maintain the positive growth, you also need to be careful with how something is nourished. And um, so I have different questions for different panel members. Um, but also feel free if I've asked someone else a question, you feel like you've got something to add, then then just go for it. Um, I think good lively debate and discussion is always good. We don't need to agree with each other, um, which is always nice. We can still be friends and disagree with each other. Um, and so I'm gonna, I want to start with how contestants and queens play a part in this growth because um, for many of us um, that compete, it's when we compete, it is a hobby. It is just a hobby, but it's a hobby we love. And I think we do pay a part in the growth of it if we want it to continue to thrive and flourish, flourish. So we have somewhere to compete, um, then we need to remain a part of it. Um, you're all iconic past queens, but I'm gonna come to Romy with this one. Um, you seem to have inspired so many others to start or continue their pageant journey. Was this something you were specifically aware of trying to do at the time? Uh, or, and or do you think it's an important part of being a title holder? Oh, thank you, Jess, for that lovely compliment. Put a smile on my face. Um, originally, I don't think I ever planned that to be a part of the role, but maybe it just forms naturally when you compete in um, quite a few systems over the years, get a feel for them, getting your name out. Um, and if you are a title holder, I guess there is a responsibility to not only promote the system, promote you as a person. And that can be about creating opportunities for yourself, which could inspire others that are wanting to get into the industry or have been in it for a few years, but not sure where to go in the right avenues, which system to go for next. So I think it's a, a natural occurrence as a title holder and someone who's been in the industry for a while to uh, basically feel that you are setting that example. I think it's um, one of the things I talked about in episodes early on in lockdown we talked started talking about digital appearances because last time I competed I did a lot of digital appearances anyway and we weren't in lockdown um, but being able to get out of the the pageant community doing those appearances as well so not just going to to pageant events to be able to take your sash to events where they they may never have seen a sash before um and reaching out beyond the community and you're very very good at doing that you do a lot in the pageant community but you you really do show up at these events that maybe don't know what a title holder is yeah, I think I've always been really passionate about the, the causes I care about uh, and definitely in my local community, I like getting out and about with that. Uh, I think when I did Miss International UK, I did over 80 appearances in four months and that was working full time and studying. So it's thinking, how do you even do that? But I think it's just a case of, you know, connections uh, and looking for things that you really enjoy, um, not just doing things because you have to, you do not have to do millions of appearances to win a title or to be a successful beauty queen. They just have to have substance. And I really believe in quality over quantity, if I'm honest. We've got, uh, so if any of you are listening and thinking, oh, I don't know how to find appearances or what appearances even is uh, go back over past episodes I have got a few more planned but they're not going to be out until October now um yes we do plan that far ahead um <laughs> talking more about appearances and um, 
and finding them on and offline because hopefully a lot more of the lockdown restrictions will have lifted by then um so do make sure you check out past episodes and keep an ear out for future ones around that subject as well um hannah uh, Yemi is known as having very active queens and, and very social queens. You're good at networking at events. Like we see you guys everywhere. You're, you're just very well known for it, which is brilliant. And um, do you see any patterns with how active queens are um, and how many then compete for that title the next year? Um, and do you feel it's important for queens to be pr specifically promoting their systems? Yeah, you just can't get rid of us at an event. We're everywhere. Um, I think it's really important to promote your title because at the end of the day, you are promoting a business. If you've won, these directors have paid for you to go to internationals or paid for your prizes or, you know, have given you a system to allow yourself to promote that title. So you should return the favour. I know that in lockdown, it's been very hard. So no one's expecting you to, to go out on these like a million appearances and stuff. But I think it's really important to be visible, not just as a queen going out because you are promoting that sash, you are advertising. So when you go to pageant events, you know, what does your title say? Because when you go to non-pageant events, they will always ask that and you explain a little bit more about it. Um, but a massive social media presence is really important. And that's why you have your Facebook page, your Instagram everything like that even if you're not being active with your appearances it's things like you can post throwback pictures you can post things about your platform you can post all different things or just sharing something that you really like because then you're keeping your page active so you're keeping that engagement you're keeping people seeing your journey and go do you know what I really want to be a part of that system when I competed for Yemi in 2017 um there wasn't that many girls in my category yet the next year there was like nearly triple the amount of girls in the Miss category. And I find the Miss is really hard to feel sometimes. Um, although pageant industry is getting older with girls that competed like myself all those years ago. So now we are Miss or Misses contestants, if you're lucky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's all about that promotion because then the next year, you know, you keep that consistent amount of number um, of girls competing because they see what you do they see how you've done it internationals or if you're a national queen they've seen you out and about um and they want to know more you can tell them more and knowing about your system is really important with yummy of course we have more to aspire to inspire so that wasn't known when I did Yemi. When they asked me in my interview, I said the wrong motto completely um, because I saw it on Facebook, but I said it with such conviction, you could have believed it. Um, <laughs> well, I won best interview, so I must have said something right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's getting that motto out and then they, you know, they learn about it. They have their own platform. They can do their own charity. They're not pressured to do appearances. And you never pressure to do appearances. Like Romy said, it is quality over quantity. Um, that's what's really important but a social media presence is really important to keep the interest of people wanting to compete and to grow the pageant industry it's really tricky because we all have sort of different um opinions when it comes to how much of like our personal lives we want to put on social media um i'm all over social um i'll share everything and the dog on my social media my other half has i think he now has two friends on facebook Wow. I was his only friend for a good four years. <laughs> um, there's no profile picture. He doesn't put his same right age on anything he does online because he's, yeah, it just doesn't have anything. Like with the uh, polar opposites. Um, no Instagram. Even Felicity has an Instagram. Um, it's private, but she has one. <laughs> um, 
but it's when it's that whole thing is if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to listen does it make a sound and so it's really hard when you're a title holder if you're not someone that likes putting lots of stuff on social media it's much harder to inspire the next generation if you're not putting your pageant stuff up yeah that's why you have the pageant page it keeps it separate um and if you're in a good system like the page will post about you as well you know you send them their photos because I do the social media for Yemi although it's been hard because of lockdown beforehand I'm always posting stuff about them and all the different queens because they're sending me the stuff they're giving me the stuff so it's, it's great to share so even if they don't want to share it personally by having a good social media for the actual pageant you know that is where people are going to see they're going to see it on Instagram like I see IGN and Atlantic all the time on my Insta and Facebook as well because it's you know they're posting stuff whether it's not just an appearance their queens have done it's a photo of them internationals throwbacks the crown you know what their finalists are doing not everyone posts about their finalists they don't have to but if the finalists are sharing their stuff they want to you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see a picture on the page and go, oh, look, this is the appearance that I did and you know, the pageant have shared it. Um, yeah. So even if you don't want to post it on your personal, having that pageant page and Instagram as well, Instagram is really good and visible, but it just depends how active you are, I guess, in posting because Facebook, you can schedule and it's a lifesaver. It really is. <laughs> I think um, if those of you that are listening are thinking, I don't do very much on social and I'd really like to, there are free courses. There are people offering like free tuition on YouTube. Um, we've done a few episodes previously on social media um, and as things evolve, more stuff comes out. But it's um, it's a really good learning tool because also there are going to be so many, there are now so many jobs in social media and there are so many more coming out. Um, so it is something you can say, I built a platform around my pageantry going into job interviews and stuff. So um, I really believe in social media skills um, and really helpful things to develop. So you can help use them for your pageantry now as well. Um, Ruth, uh, you're a new assistant to the UK. Um, uh, very active queens already. Uh, do you see this as, as an essential part of helping your system grow within the UK? Okay, so I'm going to be the controversial one on the panel here with my different opinions to the mainstream. Um, we like that. We like that. <laughs> I have a strong belief that it's my responsibility to grow my own system. Um, my queens can help with that, but at the end of the day, I think the buck stops with me. Um, I absolutely want my queens to just conduct their reign as they wish. And if they want to do appearances, that's absolutely great. But the way I see it is very much, it's a hobby, it's not their job. And I don't want to pile pressure on them because especially my system is for younger girls. It's age four to 24. And I just think as a mum would, I want my six-year-old feeling stressed that they hadn't done a certain thing. Absolutely not. So for me, it's all, all about fun factor so I believe fully that if I build something that is fair and fun for everyone involved that it will speak for itself and then the girls will come I think it's a bit of a dual um, question in terms of how do we grow our own pageant within the existing industry very much relies on what queens we have what they're doing what pageant events they're going to what they're posting on their social media how do we grow the system with new girls which is something I really believe we need if we're going to grow the industry as a whole we need people that are totally new to pageantry and the way to do that in my opinion isn't necessarily through what we would class as your traditional appearances because even I know from 
having been on, oh, I couldn't even count how many appearances I've probably been on since I started, but hundreds and hundreds of appearances in 10 years. I know for a fact that you can go out into an event that isn't a pageant event and people have no idea what you're doing, why you've got a crown on, what you're, what you're even representing. So unless you're at those events actually networking with people and saying to people you see, you know, saying to girls you see that think you think would be a good fit, hey, here's the flyer for my pageant, come and enter. Here's, here's how you get involved. If you're not doing that, you're not actually impacting new people and bringing new talent in. So for me, it's something that's really important is to see how we can grow in completely new channels business cards that's where it's at get yourself some business cards when I won oh Miss London a long time ago I got myself like business card made from Vistaprint like they're free 50 cards for like you know free just papers and packaging you can get better ones like but that's the ones I did and every time I went to like a Sunday event I used to give them out so then I'd be able to go to more appearances go to openings and if anyone wanted to know about the system give them a business card it's old school but it works because not everyone has social media as well um like you're saying jessica with harry yeah they go <laughs> you can't see it on the podcast but i'm holding up there. my pageant business card for those <laughs> well none of you can see um but i have my pageant headshot on the back um these were my second ones i went for something a bit snazzier um but i had some new headshots done so i had to get them redone anyway and because Clemmy would have killed me because I was using her headshot everywhere and then I had a really old one on my card um but it also yeah I have on there that I do podcast to public speaking personal training and pageantry so I can use it for everything um which again is another controversial thing of whether you should have separate business cards for different things but um my pockets were getting too full so I had to have one <laughs> Yeah, I had I had them for Sparks and Roses when I first did it, but my hair was red in the photos and I've had like a million hair colour changes since then. So sometimes, yes, if you want to keep the card, don't put your headshot on, just put your logo. Because otherwise, like me, when you get bored, you want to fancy a change, you're going to have to get updated photos. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because with all this like the new technology and all the digital side of things, actually some of the old school stuff still works. Business cards, actually speaking to people at events, which yes has been tricky recently um, and that's why I love doing appearances that are out of the pageant industry um, because that you have got that new audience and it's not you can't be accused of poaching um, from another system and things um, and I particularly just I just love encouraging girls to re-enter whatever it is whether they want to re-enter the same system or re-enter another one um, and I do get a lot of messages of people saying well, which system would you recommend and we sort of talk about what area they in and um, other sort of I give them a few names of other people that have competed in a couple of systems they're looking at so they can speak to previous queens and things as well um, but also knowing that you can reach out to the more, I suppose the more visible you are, the more people realise that they can reach out to you and ask questions and find out if they um, want to do pageantry and things. I like speaking about all the extra skills I've learned from pageantry, because for a lot of people, getting up on stage in a really awesome outfit might not be what appeals, but gaining confidence might be what appeals, or being a better public speaker might be what appeals, or being able to promote a charity that's close to their heart is might be what appeals to them. So making sure that people know outside of the industry everything that is part of the industry um 
so it can resonate with them. Um, Ruth, do you find um, with the different, because you're talking about the different ages, um, and yeah, I, I recently called Felicity out as a crown chaser, um, because she, for me, she's the epitome of a crown chaser. All she cares about is the sparkly crown. Um, but as she gets older, um, in the nicest possible way, I'm not going to be willing to invest the time in her competing if she doesn't want to do it for something beyond a sparkly crown. She needs to she needs to pick a charity or something that she wants to do with it. Um, but do you find that there's a different level of engagement depending on the age of your contestants? Are more of them uh, the older ones more willing or able to go out into the community, or do you find the younger ones go out into the community more? Um, I'd say it really depends. Depends, like you said, on the mums. Um, for the younger mm. girls and even teens on down, uh, a lot of it is down to how involved their mums are in pageantry. So me personally, my mum, not a fan of pageants. She's been to watch me once and she bought her knitting. So she's not a pageant mum. So I, <laughs> I didn't start till I was 20, luckily, because um, otherwise I would have been sadly very poorly represented because my mum just wouldn't have taken me to anything she it's not something she's interested in and so I think it's really important to remember especially when you have a system for younger girls it's very difficult to judge them on something that actually isn't necessarily within their control mm -hmm. um, and so I'm personally a fan of which is again why look for the system that suits you IJM doesn't judge on appearances at all in any way shape or form we don't even ask about it in interview um, because it's not something that's one of our key components we're looking for. And, and again, that goes hand in hand, I think, with having the titles for the younger girls, it ensures that everyone starts on a level playing field, um, regardless of what involvement their mum's been able to have in it or not, because at the end of the day, everyone has their own lives, and some people have more going on than others, and not everyone can commit to doing something every single weekend. And I think that's okay, and... Uh, well, I want to bring the fun back, so I'm all about the fun. That's the thing as well. It's definitely the parents that make it. Like, if you know about the Yummy Yummy Why My System, like, Effa and Erin are out there all the time. I'm getting so many tags from them from the pages because they're just so active, but it's because their mum's so involved, and um, hence why she's won pageant, like, mum of, <laughs> of the year twice in a row. And But it's because they enjoy it. They love it. And they do it as a family it's a family element so they're not being forced to do it as like the same with IGM like and um, like we know we don't judge on appearances it's because it's what you want to do with it um and having an active parent is great but also if they don't want to do the charity stuff they don't want to do that then just enter the charity pageants or enter some glitz pageants because that's where they're going to get their confidence that's where they're going to have fun um if they are a little bit more serious, then that's where the research really comes in to look at what systems you can enter and if they have a criteria about appearances and um, and things like that. It's it's doing your research ahead so you know that you're not getting into something that you can't fulfill. Because you don't, like, the end result for every pageant thing is to enjoy yourself. If you're not enjoying pageantry, step back, take some time, take some time away. And if you find that the enjoyments come back about pageants, then that's you done in pageant land. But, you know, you take some time back, who's that you love? And you're like, sure, you know I really love this. Because we all have fun on appearances. It's not, mm. there's some serious stuff. Like, you know, if you're doing talks or, you know, there's something you're doing something for your charity. But pageant events... It's really good just to catch up. Like, I get to catch up with girls from all over the UK and just have a gossip, have a laugh, you know? Take some funny pictures, go eat some Mackies afterwards. I <laughs> know, Jessica. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. We wouldn't see you in Mackies. But 
I would be because I'm a hungry girl. I <laughs> would love you from the car. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'm if anyone has missed, I don't like Mackie's. I genuinely can't even stand the smell of that place. <laughs> Maybe Burger King then. <laughs> <laughs> all of them there's just a particularly stinky Mackie D's near me um and the it backs onto the car park of home base and I love home improvements and gardening well I don't love gardening I love singing in the garden that my partner's done um so I need home base and it, it means I have to stomach the smell of this really rancid smelling Mackie D's and it's just like puts me on I'm also now vegan so it's not gonna be very good <laughs> It's a running joke and I'm happy to embrace it. Um, it does mean that I've completely, I had another question that I was going to ask you quickly, but I've completely forgotten. So I might circle back to that one in a minute. Um, I'll come to Romy first with this one, but Ruth, it's kind of the same question for you as well. Um, as directors, um, in an ideal world, would you like to see queens and contestants networking and socialising to support their systems? Um, I know, Ruth, you said that it's you, you want to bring the fun back and things, but do you see... Uh, benefits for the queen so not just from a growing the system but from their skills in general and um, from that kind of thing but I'll come to Romy first yes obviously I was going to say I'm very much like Ruth it's about having fun and enjoying the experience and getting a real feel for what pageantry is all about obviously uh, like Hannah mentioned you know you can take it very seriously if you wanted to especially if you're quite a competitive person like myself um however uh, there is a lot of fun involved and and in terms of kind of the queens the finalists um networking and socializing is fantastic in that developing your confidence uh and you know if you suffer with social anxiety it's not gonna lie pageants push you out of your comfort zone you know so i think it's a great way of kind of you know breaking those um barriers that you have over yourself by doing something really enjoyable and you know a lot of girls love to get dressed up you know for appearances or just general events in their local community wearing a nice dress a little pair of heels doing their hair and i just think that gives someone a bit of a boost from kind of their daily normal life and some sometimes from my experience, I totally get that we all have our own lives. And it is almost like having two worlds. Like you've got normal side to me with work, career, studies, whatever you want to class as. And then you've also got pageant me. And that's where everything, all guns blazing, hair done, looking uh, immaculate uh, and feeling different. Confidence is on another level in that area. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't have confidence in your general life. I think it just allows you to really show your potential. I think what's the beauty of pageants uh, and in terms of Queen's finalists and stuff, it gives them a chance to get a real feel for who they are. And that's what it's all about, exploring who you are, what's your purpose, what are your aims in life, what do you plan to do? Uh, and I think it's great for creating opportunities. So, yes, as an, a director, obviously, it's great to see my queens and my finalists socialising, getting out about the appearances. However, you know, a bit like Ruth was saying before with uh, IDM, it's also, we don't, with Atlantic, we don't, you know, base on the charity work or the appearances. That's just an element, a side factor for an enjoyable experience. But we want an all-rounded person. That's mm. what it should be about, an all-rounded person. That's up to you to decide what that is as a finalist or a queen. 
Because I really love with, um, and, and you have a specific crown to charity, which is obviously, I mean, I've been uh, Miss Charity in uh, two of the four times I've competed. Um, um, I really like that people could could come to your system and be like, well, this is the main thing I want to focus on. And it's so well rewarded that you can specifically make it. That's what I really love about side awards is that you could, particularly if you're new to the industry, you can pick one element that you really want to focus on. Um, in Galaxy 2016, Miss Charity was my like, that, to be honest, I probably focused much more on that than on any concept of winning. Um, and it's really nice that those individual elements are also celebrated because then next year I could be like, right, well, I'm still gonna go hard at my charity, but I'm also gonna work on this. Um, instead, I grew a human, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> had some time off but um I really and the fact that you've been uh recently promoting the crown the charity crown as well um I really really love that um I want a charity crown just got a plaque um, <laughs> um but that people can then yeah just choose to focus on those specific elements and really feel like it's being recognized as well as as focusing on pageantry as a whole obviously it's not just about winning it's about the journey um I've said in previous episodes sometimes I feel like I, I self-sabotage because I don't want to stop competing um, because I learned so much on the competition journey but that can be the reason why you enter you want to enjoy the journey you're not there for the win at all and um, I mean the same original question and um, coming back to Ruth so it's um ideally would you like to see them networking and socializing and um, be it from a systems benefit or also from their own personal benefit Oh, we lost you, Ruth. You've frozen. It's typical. It's always the one you're just about to speak to that freezes. Oh, we got you back. Sorry. <laughs> did you lose me or did you hear that? I lost you. My internet just decided to disappear. You're just so gracious that we just thought you were taking in the question. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> bringing the same question back to you. Um, in an ideal world, would you like to see the queens and contestants networking and socialising um, to support their system, but also for their own sort of personal benefit and personal growth? There are so many benefits personally from networking and doing appearances. For example, um, the photo studio that me and Jason uh, manage, we actually found from a random appearance. So I'd gone to an appearance at my community centre. There was a lady there that had dresses, asked if I would model for her. The shoot was at the studio. And then I found this studio, the rest is history. So that's actually a huge part of my life that has come from some random encounter that if I hadn't gone to, you know, 20 completely random appearances that year, I wouldn't have got involved with so there are so many opportunities out there that you don't even know about because you haven't necessarily put yourself out there um so 100 i agree there are so many benefits i'm so much more confident now going into like Romy said it, they really push you out of your comfort zone i can get put in the weirdest situation now and i'm like okay it's cool i'm used to it because actually i think something we really forget us lot especially having been involved in pageants for so long I think we forget how scary it is at first when you first have to go to these events honestly there's nothing more terrifying than walking into a room you don't know anyone and then you're wearing a sash like you're kind of signaling to people that you you've got this different thing about you and that's that is scary and I think we forget that I used to honestly be terrified to go to appearances 
in all honesty, I would dread some of them. I'd be like, oh, I need to go, I need to go. I'd sit in the car trying to psych myself up. I didn't want to go in. I didn't know anyone. And even down the line, you know, as far as 2018, there was an appearance I went to where I felt really uncomfortable because I didn't know anyone and they were all pally pally friends. And it made me really uncomfortable. But I think pushing through that is the thing that helps you grow. And I think it's also important for queens that have been going to a lot of appearances or know a lot of people to remember that there's probably girls there that don't know anyone and are really scared and it's probably important to remember to try and speak to them and reach out to them and I also think there should be more onus on us creating events that foster the ability to come if you're new and you don't know anyone um one of the things that I was doing pre-lockdown um was running free workshops um every month I'd run them totally free open to anyone any system anyone that's never done a pageant you could walk in and be greeted by us and hopefully we'll introduce you to people so that you don't feel too out of place going into something totally new because I think it's a bit scary for someone who's new where do you start like if you don't know anyone I see like um sorry (laughs) I am still scared to this day sometimes going to events it's the reason why I always want to go with another pageant girl because I hate going by myself like although I'm very like loud and all that sort of thing I still get a social anxiety going to these things I'm like are you coming are you coming please tell me you're coming um it's just to have that buddy system and also of course to get your photos but um it's that little support like system and um you do find that over the years and yeah the IGM um workshops were so good because people could just turn up um and learn some new skills and just to get to know other competitors in their area or other different pageant like girls and that's the reason why I do the Sparkles and Rhinestones confidence sessions because it gives people a chance to come I love doing for free but I do a small charge for charity although the one coming up in September I don't know when this is coming out but that's got a lot of different things going on hence the, the higher price but it still gives people a chance to come and talk to people when people who are new um we've had a few newbies come to these events they just even they've learned a little bit about pageant land um a little bit about the competitors or just to have a good time and just to maybe get confidence saying their name in front of everyone um because it, it can be scary and and that's also the reason why I wrote the manuals because it gives people a chance to understand a little bit about what is happening with pageant land and and what they can do and it just gives that beginner's guide um I guess and yeah that's why social media although sometimes it can be negative it's a great way of reaching out to people who if you are a queen for example when we have like the finalist group then that gives the finalists a chance to message the queens where they might felt before that they couldn't message them whereas they have these groups they can talk and they can discuss anything and they have their little group chats and and it's really nice it just it gives that extra element that it's not just all about the competition um it's about like the other aspects of it I remember the the first time I competed, the massive benefit I found of having, we had a Facebook group going. So I'd already chatted to a few people and the one appear, I did one appearance for my first pageant. I did not know that charity and appearance work were part of it, to be honest, even though it said it in the handbook, because I didn't, what is now my own advice and tell people to read the handbook three times. Um, I did not. Um, (laughs) I read it once and forgot. Um, But yeah, my one appearance came from chatting to other girls in that group and I met up with another newbie and it meant that there were five or six of us newbies that turned up and we all changed together and everything and we had that little bit of security. Um, Maybe if I'd thought of that sooner, I might have actually gone to some more appearances. (laughs) 
Um, Romeo, you had something you wanted to add. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, you know, can I just remind everyone we're all human? We've all, you know, I think a lot of girls, especially when they're new to pageants or maybe just done a couple and you go to a big pageant event and you see these ladies with the, the really nice embellished sashes and their big crowns and people almost looking at them in awe those ladies in those crowns and sashes have been in your exact position and they're not any different to you just because they've won a title I know when I've walked around in a crown and sash before I have still felt incredibly nervous approaching people uh, and, and I'm like oh are they going to approach and it's almost turn it around you know do they have a thing against you because oh, you're you're something different to me when actually we're all the same we're all going through the process we're all competing we all love pageantry uh, and I just wanted to turn that around there so uh, for people who are new to pageants or are getting a feel for others to not be scared or you know put people on a pedestal because they've got a title mm. uh, we're no different uh, and it's just about making friends, you know, getting advice from each other, communicating. Uh, and that's where this whole pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, going to different events, not just pageant ones too. Uh, because like we've said, you can get so many opportunities from going to uh, events out of the pageant world as well. I mean, I'm, I'm a public speaker. I've got up on stage and sung. I've sung in the Royal Albert Hall. I still get scared walking into small events. Ruth, I came to one of your free sessions. Still scary going in. Didn't know, event. once I got there, I was like, one people were asking questions of, but <laughs> um, it's still, it doesn't, I don't think it matters how long you've been doing this or your experience mm. in and out of pageantry. Going into those kind of environments can be scary. Um, it's like, I still, gym fanatic i still find it scary going into the free weights in a new gym where they don't know me um and <laughs> but it's it, yeah i think that's really really important to remember because also some title holders they won on their first outing they won the first time they competed they don't know that many people and suddenly everyone expects them to be like know everyone and be perfectly networking and they're like oh i turned up to my first pageant not knowing what it wasn't one um it's still very very intimidating um but yeah there are some there are some really good events i mean last year we also had the the pageant and ball which was nice and i met a lot of girls that were competing for the first time um, and that was because it was no there was no pressure um one of the other things um, and hannah we've spoken about this before is i like to put my sash on before i go in it makes me feel more comfortable. I feel really awkward putting it on once I'm in there, but you like to put it on once you're, I'm sure it was you, you're looking at me. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, soon I'm in the event, but I'm not walking in with a big, massive crown sash. Yeah. It's I, like, I, I think I probably put a crown on once I was in, but I like having, I like to have got my sash nicely pinned. And if it's winter, I put my jacket back on over the top and um, before I go in and I find confidence in that, whereas you find confidence putting it on once you get inside. Um, and I also like having a job so I like volunteering for things. Um, so I'm IGM for Ruth. I was like, can I do anything? I also like to be helpful in general, but it just, um, it's it, for me, I have massive anxiety and it really helps my anxiety knowing I'm turning up to do something. Um, so I'll offer to sell raffle tickets or, or whatever. I think, Romy, I've even offered to your mum, I said for one vent, was she going to have a stool and could I sell for her? Um, and she wasn't actually going to have a stool because it was your event and she was going to be quite busy. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's, 
if, if you're more comfortable doing that, then go do that. Find the ways that you're more comfortable going into these events. If budget allows and you feel more confident and getting your hair and makeup done professionally for the events, then do that. Um, whatever it is, um, I have different outfits if I'm public speaking or if I'm doing appearances. And it's like, it's a little bit of that armor to give you that extra confidence to get in there and be yourself. You're not trying to fake who you are. You're just putting on a little bit of confidence armor um, to, to get yourself sort of through the door and enjoying it and things. Um, but I really like what's coming out there of that it would be really good to have more events that aren't strictly appearances, aren't competitions, um, more of this sort of networking side where people can, don't feel the pressure, but can, we're all in the same boat learning those skills and things. So um, I, I feel like I should have had a pen and paper down, but I will definitely be noting that down um, and taking that forward. And hopefully we can sort out some more events like that. Um, we recently recorded an episode uh, discussing prize packages um, because interestingly, very few competitors either know or care what they're competing for beyond, is it a title? Is it, some people don't even know that there's a contract or isn't a contract. I, I wasn't quite sure what classified as a charity pageant or a contracted pageant or um, I knew a national uh, meant that it was like an England UK title but there's there's lots of confusion around that as well um, but in other countries prize packages can be much bigger and obviously that then draws a crowd um, and tends to impact the industry growth more we see a lot and in, um, in America they have financial scholarships um, like which for me is just a financial money prize it's a cash prize um, but sometimes it specifically has to be spent on, on school or education or there'll be some sort of criteria with where the money has to go. Um, but many prizes and sponsorships are donation styles. So I guess this is probably a question to all of you. Um, what do we need to do to encourage sponsors to step forward more, to get them to, to see the benefit in sponsoring more and um, to show them the value that pageant ladies have in systems, promoting them? Um, I guess we, pageantry, we were the original influencers before social media um, and it's disappeared a little bit. So um, I'm going to come to Ruth first. Um, just because that's why my eye was drawn on the screen. But I guess this will come to everyone with this one because I think it's quite a biggie. Yeah, so I think to, to build more sponsorship, we need to build the industry. They go hand in hand. We, we, it's difficult at the moment to say, hey, come on board and, and be a prize sponsor when it's a two-way street. And if there's only a small number of girls, it's very difficult to um, give them a return on investment. Um, I know from, I, I got this totally wrong when I started directing because I, as a competitor, I'm obsessed with reading terms and conditions. I will read everything. So I always chose a pageant based on, you know, could I fulfill the terms and conditions? Was the prize package something I was interested in, something I wanted? Um, and I, that was something that I really focused on. Um, and I, I only actually has come in the last year, I've realised that the majority of people actually don't even look at the prize package. Um, they just go, oh, I want to win that title. And they're not even really sure what they've won. Have they have they won flights? Have they won accommodation? Most actually turns out most people don't really know, um, which I was quite shocked by. So that's been a learning curve for me. Um, and I think in the US, it, there are... Oh, we've lost you. 
God loves technology. <laughs> that's not a flattering angle like last time, Ruth. <laughs> when you come back, that would be what I would freeze on. Screenshot it quick. <laughs> <laughs> we lost you. <laughs> Where did I get to? So, uh, you were very passionate. Well, it looked like it was a very passionate dramatic pose. I did not screenshot it. I can't count. I can't. I, I can't screenshot here. I don't know how. Um, so uh, you realised yeah. people weren't actually reading or knowing what they were signing up to. Yeah. So that was a learning curve for me because it was a bit of a shock to find out that people weren't actually looking at the prize package. So I think um, in the US, the prizes are a lot bigger. And I think that's just because they have a bigger audience. Um, it's like I said, it's difficult to um, promise a sponsor something that you can't deliver on if you only have a small number of contestants. So I think we really need to grow the industry in order to increase prize packages, which in turn will grow the industry. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if people read the terms and conditions. <laughs> um and then Romy if I come to you next yeah um going from a director's perspective uh because it's it it is hard to get sponsors even as a finalist I'm not gonna lie I I've been always one to uh, either sponsor myself or have part sponsorship done so actually finding sponsorships for a uh, as a director uh, can be quite difficult but that's where uh, getting yourself out there and network is for it. It's up to you, not just my finalists or my queens to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, like Ruth said, we are a smaller community compared to places like America. Uh, and there is still a slight stigma in the UK about what pageants are. And so I think it's about making it your own. What's going to make your system uh, different to the others? Not that any others are not any good. They've all got their own causes purposes and they're all great in so many different ways but what what are you plan to do with your system for example atlantic obviously is a uk based system we don't take our girls internationally so i've got to somehow make sure these girls have a fantastic experience as title holders uh, and things to look forward to not just so much you know going to pageant events but things that they can celebrate their title something they can be really proud of so that's why I take my girls to the Ritz because I just think it's a really nice way of saying you know well done you've 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 won the title and you you should be really proud and I hope this kind of shows you that I really appreciate you um and it's just like the added extras you know like if you know even for me I would get them something like a a pageant planner or a manual so they can prepare if they want to for their year of reign or if after that they might want to go on to competing in internationals, which I'm supportive of. So I think it's just allowing them to feel that they can go far with the title. Uh, And in terms of sponsors, it's just saying, look, maybe we can offer, if you offer this discount or gift voucher for the winners, uh, we can obviously get a lot of the finalists coming to you as a a recommendation to come for, and therefore they might get the the, the, the profit made from gifting us the spot, you know, the Queen's uh, prizes to obviously some of the finalists pay out for some dresses. So, but it it is difficult. but it works hand in hand and trying to build more businesses up. And I think we really do need, and this is talking from someone who runs a very small swimwear business for pageantry. It's really hard to get out there and not every pageant obviously does swimwear as well. So it's just talking to one another and saying, look, could you do this in your system? Uh, could we work around something? You know, even if it's offering, you know, I've, I definitely have supported another system, offered them like 20% off to their 
their finalists, just that kind of thing, then the winner will get a, a bespoke piece because it's all business at the end of the day. So that's what I think. It's um, it's also nice, I think, when if, as a newbie, if you come in and they're like, right, it just for just for signing up, not even for winning, you've got this discount code for this company, this discount code, and you're like, oh great, I had no, I no idea where to get my swimwear from. Now I know that makes it easier, like easier for me. I've got they've got the connection. It's a little bit stressful. They've got that discount for to go and get my headshots done, and it's like it's just that connection and things as well. I think is really nice. It's supportive for the the contestant, particularly when they're new and don't know who and things is in the industry. Um, and then the same question over to you, Hannah. Um, Mm-hmm. yeah so I've never directed I've done chari- I've directed charity pageants but there's so much stress that I would <laughs> rather just stay on the outside and enjoy all the fun stuff um <laughs> but it's so true that I I think that what attracts me to a pageant of course when it was yummy it was going to international the flights and the hotel were paid for um especially as I was prego. So I was like, I don't want to be spending all that amount of money if I was to win, like to go to go to America. Um, but it's looking at prizes that are relevant. If I am looking at a prize package, you know, things that will help you in your year, like Remy said about the planner and also um, like the pageant planner, planning out your whole year, um, which is like really good. And I have like a million notebooks. So to have it in one place would be amazing. Although I would still buy a million notebooks just because I love them. Um, But like for Yemi, when we won, we also had a clean shoot where we, um, all our makeup was done for us um, and our headshots were done. So if you wanted to go to America, we had headshots already in place and our team photos and Earring Envy are another sponsor. I know they sponsor a lot of pageants and I have in front of me, you can't see there, but there's a million pairs of Earring Envy out here. And it's just that promotion of when you enter the pageant, they go, oh, they have a discount. So already, you know exactly um, where to go. And I think it's important when you do win that you can still promote this and looking at it from like a finalist's uh, point of view I don't look at they have all these sponsors like I look at the relevant like items that are being sponsored and the system in itself um but from a sponsor's view they want to look at the promotion about what you're doing on your page are you promoting them are the queens promoting them as well like or they promoting other brands that may conflict. So you have to be careful as a queen. You don't want to um, promote something that is not the same as your pageant because it's kind of like a two-way thing because then girls go, oh, actually, I can go with this one because this queen's saying that. And then that, in turn, like messes up like the great relationship that a sponsor has. Um, and that's the reason why the new handbook I am writing, um, <laughs> eventually I'll get to do it, um, each section will be just featuring one pageant business. So, like, um, earrings will be earring envy, photography, um, all the sorts of things, just so they can get their chance to tell us a little bit about their business. Um, and girls reading is literally just going to be so in-depth that everything, I hope, will be covered in this book so people won't have to do the second-guessing. Um, but also... As a finalist as well, I think if you're getting sponsors yourself, it has to be a local sponsor, I think, so you can do more with them, so you can go to events, because like Ruth said, it is a two-way street, like you have, there has to be a give and a take, you can't just take everything, there has to be a return, so that's what potential um, sponsors are looking for, um, but I think that looking back 
I don't think the pageants have ever been like the influence of today because we've not like they've not been promoting as much materialistic things we've been doing other things but then if you go back into history of pageants you just use a turn up on the day win a crown and then you could go feet the next one you know <laughs> so it's such a it's such a growth of pageant industry now but like yeah it's it's interesting um because there are obviously there's some great modern day influencers that started their lives in pageantry mm. harry elaine misha grimes um and a lot of that started because they were promoting the things that they were using for pageantry so ladies if you're listening and that's something you want to go into you want to go into doing um um influencing um as a career path um then it's a really good way to start practicing is building up those relationships with sponsors if that's the direction that you want to go um there's so many skills in pageantry that can be utilized outside of pageantry so take that as a chance um i find i find it quite hard particularly as an older contestant to find people to sponsor me directly but i find it easier to find sponsors for events i do which makes running the events less stressful, which um, takes up less time, which means I've got more time to work. So I often just sponsor myself, but get event sponsors. Um, so when I did the uh, the big parent event, I had a sponsor for that. When I did my quiz night, I had a sponsor for that. And it just made running those easier. Um, so there's different, yeah, but from a contestant's point of view, there's different ways that you can come sort of find um, sponsors. Um, but yeah, the struggle's real. And after lockdown, it's gonna be harder because all these like little businesses that people relied on are gonna be struggling even more and and kind of need, need more love than anything else. Um, Romy, when it comes to finding prizes, uh, do you find it's quite easy to get your queens to promote what they've been given? Or is it a bit of a, do you not worry about that side of things? Yeah, I was thinking about this actually. And I, I do agree, I was there to some extent, it's quite nice to promote the, the prize, especially if it's been you know a, a sponsored one as such. But at the same time, it's a prize, it's a gift. It's one to say, thank you, you've done really well, here's this. So technically, really, they don't have to do it, although it is a nice gesture. So there's actually two sides to it. Obviously, would love to see them obviously promote what they've got, but that's on their own terms. But really, it's actually a gift to say, look, you've done this. It's actually up to me as a director to say, look, here's our prizes, uh, you know, this is what they have, check out their pages. And if you w win the title, this is what you get. You know, it, you know the, the Queens are just getting the gift and I'm sure they're very grateful, but I'm not saying right now, you've got to go and whack up a picture. You've got to go and get a headshot. You've got to go get your earrings on because that's a lot of pressure. Uh, and it's not about that. You, you've won the title. You've worked hard up until the day. Obviously the hard work doesn't really stop there, but you know, hard work doesn't mean you've got to go and get headshots done and pageant earrings put on and get all promotion of every single sponsor because that's just so time consuming we all have lives we all have jobs studies whatever so I, i'm definitely on two sides of that it's nice to promote once in a while but at the same time it's my responsibility to promote our sponsors and i'm purely gifting my my queens as a thank you yeah oh, you've got really a year as well yeah you've got a whole year yeah i really really like that it is it is also a prize but um and again yeah if if it's about um 
the individual person, like I said, if, for example, they want to become an influencer, it could be a good stepping stone for them. They've got something that they've been hashtag gifted that they can start promoting and journey that way, or they can just enjoy the prize. I really like that look, uh, that like approach to it. And um, Ruth, as a, a newer system in the UK, not in general, just in the UK side of things, um, have, how have you gone about like seeking out sponsors? Are they coming to you? How have you found that's worked? Yeah, so I personally haven't sought out sponsors. Um, the sponsor we had this year was Earring Envy as well. Um, and Addy kindly came to me and I was happy to work with her because I know her really well and I was happy with that. Um, I've also spoken to a couple of other providers of pageant uh, services and might be looking at something next year. But I'm quite cautious with sponsorships um for a couple of reasons i wouldn't want to tie the brand to anything that i personally didn't have good experience of or know about um or worked with in the past so that's something i'm quite cautious with um i'm also conscious like i said earlier that a lot of girls don't necessarily look at the price package too much and like romy said i don't want the girls to feel pressure that they've got you know 20 different sponsors of prizes that they need to make sure they're posting about um, regardless of if they even maybe use that item so I just wanted to make sure that the prizes I've got are relevant and um, fit well with the girls and fit well with the brand of the pageant so I'm probably a bit more cautious than others um, and a lot of the prizes which um, we offer are out of my own pocket because I prefer the girls to have the experience and the fun so one of the things we do is a queen's retreat for the girls and that's just paid for by myself um we also have um photography from my husband so that's i guess technically a sponsor but he had no choice <laughs> so, he's gotta do it exactly yeah encouraged exactly so i think there is a responsibility that comes with a prize sponsor that you don't want to take for granted I think we've, because um, we've done some giveaways with Pageantland um, and uh, I didn't word, I, th I think we've just done the two. <laughs> we've done three, haven't you? Three? Have we done three now? Well, you we had three wins in the last one. Four items you've given away. Yeah, we did two, we gave away two planners and then we've done three prizes in this one. I feel like there might have been another one, but I might, oh no, there's another one running at the moment. So we've got, we've got one that hasn't finished. Um, and the first one we did, um, it became clear that they thought that the items had been gifted to pageant lands. And I was like, no, no, I've paid for those. <laughs> I really wanted to promote these businesses. Um, I thought they were great products and I really wanted to say thank you to the audience. Um, so I've paid for them. Um, and I imagine I will be doing that for the foreseeable with things if we want to do those kind of things. Um, we are working on some of our own products, um, which we'll be able to gift, but I'll still have the cost price of those to, to stomach. But it means that what we're, um, that we can align ourselves with businesses that we really love and support. We can love, align ourselves with other pageant businesses. Um, well, apart from Amazon, one of them is an Amazon gift card. Um, but that was more because it's, I also wanted to have something that was more of an international because I know there are people internationally that listen to the podcast um, whereas the other things are physical and I'm only posting to the UK because otherwise sometimes the postage is more than the price <laughs> which gets a bit frustrating and um, so it's yeah it's I wanted to give those things and support those businesses um as opposed to them actually being gifted so yeah I completely resonate with the sometimes it's it's easier just to buy easier just to buy the prizes 
um, and know that you're being able to give exactly what you want. Um, slightly like controversial one here. <laughs> Never afraid of a bit of controversial. Um, <laughs> but again, I, I'm known for having quite a strong opinion one way or the other normally. And this is something I don't have an opinion on, but it's definitely something that's like flitted through my head. Um, we have got a growing number of, of smaller pageants, um, not just limited to like charity pageants, people that they do run a charity pageant and then they want to turn it into a bigger thing. And there have been examples where this has been done really, really well. I'm looking at, at Romy, obviously you started literally your pageant from, from scratch and have done a really, really good one. Um, and there are obviously some very, little tiny uh, charity ones. Felicity's first pageant was like a little tiny charity one. Um, so my question to all, because I'm, I can't make up my mind on this and maybe that's because there is no answer. Um, do you see this as the industry growing or um, some people have pointed out when I've tried to research this, um, is it having, making it easier to win this, these easier to win titles? Is it diluting the industry or is it the industry growing? Um, are we losing some of the prestige of the bigger titles or is the prestige e equally earned? Um, these are some of the things that like, I generally don't have an opinion. So I've done a lot of research on it. And um, are we spreading contestants thinner or are we actually growing numbers by there being these smaller ones? Um, so I said, controversial and a tricky one. Um, and I can't quite, I can't quite decide either way. So I'm going to let you three convince me. Um, so if we come to Romy first, cause you made some brilliant faces um, during me reading that bit out. <laughs> The first thing I thought, I'm not going to lie, when you said small pageant and then you looked at me and said Atlantic, I kind of went, oh, oh, that's a bit of a hard hit. Because I don't, my, I don't class Atlantic as a small pageant at all, really. I know that we don't take our girls internationally, um, but the... Newer. The, the quant, yeah, it's a newer system, but the quality of my finalists from January and my queens has been incredible. And I'm so proud of that. You would not believe. And I thought, how are we going to top it for next time? And these girls, despite being in lockdown, these filings are smashing it. So um, I'm really, really grateful for having such great contestants in my pageant and my queens. You know, they, they want to, they're desperate to do things. But, it, you know, at the, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I am totally understanding uh, that some things can't be done. I said, don't worry, we'll get back together uh, and we'll make things happen. Um, it, but... In going on the terms of small pageants... I'm going to clarify there, because when I looked at you, it's because you started, because you did another one previously. That was a charity pageant. That was. That's when I looked at you, it's because you started at a smaller one and, and, and have moved it up. So I'm going to clarify that. I've been coming out here. You can tell I'm passionate. I don't do this for money. I do it for the pure love of pageantry. You know, I've competed long enough. And yes, I am technically still a title, uh, going for another title. But the difference is I'm going for a title that is taking internationally. My contestants don't go internationally. Also, the, the competition I'm in, uh, you can't 
be married you can't have children which is that's their terms and I'm fine with that I don't have any children I'm not married but my system welcomes people of different sizes different heights can marry can have children there's no you know obligation you can have tattoos you can have red hair you know there's no what if uh, and I created that because I wanted people who have maybe come into pageants at a later stage or just starting out slightly younger the opportunity to go I can do something I don't have to be set in these rules if you want to follow a pageant like that go for it I, I follow a lot of those those big time pageants Miss Universe you know international all these kind of ones uh, but at the same time I wanted to create an opportunity for all obviously my experience came from running sensational as a charity pageant it is hard work I'm going to tell anyone that who thinks about running a pageant of any kind I don't know how you make your money because it's really hard, especially in the first couple of years, uh, because you are trying to promote yourself, get yourself out there. And that obviously is help of good queens and finalists and how you as a director hold yourself and are known in the industry. If you've got experience, uh, if you've if you've been there yourself, then I think that does wonders. Uh, and having a director that's very honest and open with you and real, uh, we'll, we'll get you far you know it's, it's nothing worse than if you felt like you couldn't approach your director about anything or you don't you will never get to speak to them because you're speaking to someone else I believe that you should be able to get in contact with the director have questions and concerns and have a good chat about things so you know where you stand and what this pageant's for um, and that's why I think Atlantic uh, despite being smaller numbers maybe than other systems that we've seen uh, doesn't mean the quality is any less uh, I, I think they're incredible and I'm not I know I'm probably a bit biased but that's just my view uh, and you know over the years you can see that some pageants do decline in their numbers because there are more pageants coming out and I think it's fantastic there's more pageants out but they need to be run professionally fun but also on a professional element. So it's just to be really mindful, people considering doing pageants or running pageants, uh, it, you are going to put your own money into it, uh, but you've got to do it purely because you love it. That's my honest opinion. That's one of the things that when people come to me and ask, um, and they say, should I do a smaller one or a, I don't, I don't like the word smaller and bigger because it's, I guess it's charity. I guess what they really mean is charity and more well-known it's not really smaller and bigger and, and it's, it's very hard to categorize them um, beyond- it's Contract or non-contracted. Yeah, the, the, yes. the, that's, but then some people wouldn't register what that meant. And I got confused between a charity and contractual and non-contractual and things like that before. Um, and we have got noted to try and do an episode to just to have descriptions around all of those but I'm trying to find the right person to do the interview with and um, because again it's all up to interpretation and um, but I do have people come to me and the big thing I say to them is said whether you go for a quote-unquote smaller or bigger um or whatever type of charity or non-charity system you go for find one that's professionally run because there is nothing more off-putting than going into your first pageant and it being a I felt like a bad word was about to come out of my mouth and um, something show was what I wanted to say but it, it, which is what I had my first pageant was very well run the second one I went to was I won't name it because it's been taken over now it was run one year by a different director um, but it was everything the like bad stereotypical pageant was known for um, 
like there was talk about charity money disappearing and the judging was squiffy like all there was talk about the judging being squiffy like no one ever really knows if it is or not um and had I not done a very well organized pageant first it I wouldn't have come back like it would have massively put me off like you couldn't we, we were meant to walk past each other on the stage and the stage was like not as wide as my dress and I didn't have a big dress <laughs> at all um but whereas I'd experienced a much better rail one well run one first so I say whatever you're going to go into get some feedback from someone that it is professionally organized whether it's big small contractual non-contractual charity or otherwise can I just say before I finish sorry because it's obviously (laughs) I'm very passionate about I just think we need to be a bit more open with the variety of the pageants there is now such an incline of different pageants coming into UK which again I've said it's fantastic so be open-minded and do your research look at what a system's about it's not just because one system's ran for 10 years it's about the quality of the prizes the quality of where you go the, the, the standard of the actual competition I think is a big factor if you start to see the contestant you go that's a good caliber of girls then I'm going to be inclined to think this is a good system you know uh, for example Ruth obviously you had your first year and, and I know it's hard to get, get the numbers up but the quality was fantastic and this is coming from another director so you would look at it and think well that's a good system look at Ruth look at her experience that's obviously a professionally ran system so it's all based on recommendation but that isn't just oh because someone's done pageants for Mm. 10 years uh look at all the little things that they stand for not just the titles they've owned what else have they got have they got other businesses that kind of thing so that's just where if people are wanting to get more involved in other pageants than the ones that everyone recommends or everyone thinks that's the only pageant in the UK when there isn't it's just to to really explore different avenues and to communicate about that definitely I think it's you can get very trapped in the bubble of whichever pageant you compete in first or if you do uh, say a charity one-off one and you meet someone at that pageant that competes in Miss XYZ you then become an XYZ pageant girl and that's the only one that you then compete in and it can be quite hard and I think what's been great about lockdown um lots of downsides but one of the great things is because uh times of different pageants have changed and it's all been at this upheaval I think a lot of people have considered other systems and thought about what they really want to do with their competitions and competing and I think it's really nice to see girls and ladies trying out different systems now as well um, I'm doing the same thing myself um, there's other systems I've really wanted to do um, and I've used lockdown to think through what it is I want to do so um some very wide words um, I'm going to come over to Ruth next so thanks Romy you're a babe <laughs> um but yeah I I'm I'm quite clear on this one I think we really need to split into contracted and non-contracted and I love more pageants but exactly what Romy says they need to be professional like well-run non-contracted pageants I absolutely love I think they're so good for especially younger girls girls that are new it's quite intimidating to start with you know a huge contracted system that like you said if you won on your first try you might not really realize what you've kind of got yourself into I think it's really good to to build up and also look at what pageants best for you so I think 
it's great to have more and more variety, but we need to make sure that they're professional, well-run, look into what you're doing. So when I, for example, for my pageant daughter, not my actual daughter, she's only one, but my pageant mm. daughter, when we look at what pageants we want to do for her, we don't want to take her internationally because she's only 10. That's our choice. So we always look at what pageant systems do we think are going to be good. We chose Atlantic for her primarily off the back of, of Romy's experience and knowing what kind of a system she would run. I said to her mum, look, you know this is going to be well run. It's going to be professional. We're not going to be messed around. And that's why we decided to go there. Um, and I think that it's, it's good to have more options because we want to build the girls up and give them the chance to compete more. And I think that we... So my stance on this is we need more non-contracted pageants. And I think that more contracted pageants are slightly diluting because once you run a contracted pageant that's it you're out for the year um also typically with contracted pageants girls tend to be a bit more sticky to that system they kind of get it in their head that oh you need to do this one four times to win it so they will spend four years doing something that maybe isn't best fit for them um so i think the more experience you can get the better and i think charity pageants non-contracted pageants they're all fab for that and also, when I first started competing 10 years ago, regionals were like a huge thing. And I loved competing in regionals. They just gave such good experience. Um, I got to do you know, multiple pageants a year, but wasn't necessarily crown chasing or system hopping because they were all in the same system. Um, and it was just really fun to have that kind of local, that's how I met Hannah, on the, on the local pageant circuit, because you would yeah. literally do every pageant that was near you um for a regional and it was really really fun um so I think bring back regional <laughs> that's the only time I beat Ruth as well and she got married so she's never in my category now <laughs> I feel like we can wait like 20 years and then we'll do like a rematch <laughs> it'll be our daughters dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm totally in on that one. <laughs> what Felicity is, anyway. We wait a few years, and I'll I'll try and see if I can get a little girl out at some point. Pop them out, every girl's pageant girls. <laughs> I love it. We're literally we're growing, literally growing the industry. <laughs> yeah, that's the solution. We should just all have loads of daughters and put them in pageants. <laughs> Do you see a lot of pageant girls seem to be growing daughters? It's good. We like this. We're growing the next year generation. Um, and Hannah, the, the same question to yes. you. Oh, my goodness. So I absolutely hate the term smaller pageants. I hate that anyone can consider a pageant that's not in the top five or has more contestants, that it's a smaller pageant, even though some of these pageants go to internationals, some of these pageants, yes, they may have been new here in the UK, but in America, they're a huge deal, you know? And some people just have their set, their eyes set on one pageant only, and that's a pageant they're going to win. And, and as Ruth said, you compete four or five times. And in reality, we have to be, like, crown chasing is not a bad word because it just depends on what the systems you're doing. If you've researched our system and you know the values of it and you know what is expected, enter that pageant. You don't have to stick with the same pageant system. Even though I have been a yummy queen for like 
forward years, well, I'm not the Miami Queen, I'm forever Queen of Queens because no one, I didn't crown anyone, so I'm just going to claim onto that. But I would still recommend, especially with being sparkles and rhinestones, I have to have a very like a neutral stance. So if someone asks me, what pageant should I do? They tell me what their experience is or what they want to do. And I'm like, right, this pageant would be for you, this, this, and this. I know that they've run professionally. I've either competed it myself or I've heard really good things. And, you know, I do know there are some systems that, you know, don't run it as professional. And, you know, people have entered one and had a really bad year. Um, but it's all about going from your perspective and what you can say. And then if, as a contestant, it's doing the right research looking on their website, looking at the contract if they are, looking at what they provide and all the experience. Um, having a very run, a well-run pageant is great, but also the diversity as well. So I am a size 20, single mum, and uh, 20, I'm not even 20, I'm 31. What am I thinking of? Uh, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm past like 27 is like the mark for most like international pageants, like things like that. Um, so when I look at a pageant system, I need to know that I'm not going to be marked down for my tattoos, marked down for my extra weight, marked down for the fact that I have a child out of wedlock. You know, I don't want to be judged on any of those things. And that's why it's so good that we have such a diverse set of pageants now. And also, yes, the non-contract pageants, we need more of. And some people are really like shy away from going oh would I be bad if I do this pageant even though I'm a finalist of another pageant if that pageant is non-contracted do it because it's great experience it's good for you to compete on stage and the thing is back when there was no pageant coaching the many moons ago that we all started we would compete in these regionals we would compete in these finals to gain our experience to learn from our feedback to go this didn't work this time so let's try this one like there was no shame in that to enter like I used to compete in like three or four pageants a year um up until 2016 and then I decided to stick with one obviously then got pregnant I stuck with one and then yeah when you win that is your year done so you want to make sure that if you are still having fun try someone uncontracted and also if you have a contracted pageant you look at their contract to see if you can compete in these non-contracts, like the charity pageants, because most systems will allow you, especially if you are going to internationals, it's more experience. As you said, you're helping a charity, you're helping a system. Um, it's just the conflict of if you enter a contracted pageant, you're going to have to give one of those titles up. So this is why when you enter a pageant and you know you're going to have a year of no competing, look at your age. Are you going to age out in any other pageant system? Um, you know what's the criteria if you still have a couple of years left in this pageant system but you really want to win another one and so that one that you want to win if that's your last year you know you're giving yourself that chance um yeah I hate the whole like smaller pageant things because a lot of people look at your crown and your sash and go well you didn't win this title so so I'm not going to listen to your advice so I'm not going to do this when in reality you've worked just as hard as any other pageant girl in any other system um you know you to put the time in you put the effort you've worked on yourself you may have had coaching you may not have had coaching you've prepared yourself for that pageant and you won for a reason because the judges loved you and it's and that's another thing like coming from a coaching side the judges aren't looking for that perfect pageant like preppy girl pageant patty is what they call it in america they're not looking for that they're looking for someone who has a personality who's passionate about what they're speaking about that's the thing is when we talk about platforms and stuff like some people have them some people don't that's another topic for another day but 
if you're not fond of that like platform there's no point of you speaking about it just have fun with it like you don't have to speak about things that you don't believe in or you're not that passionate about um but yeah like there's so much room for so much diversity and yes there's loads of different pageants because they need to be well run research that seems to be the key here if the thing if Mm. if they're well run it helps grow the industry if they're not they don't (laughs) it sets people off yeah um but sometimes you have to have a bad experience to appreciate how good some systems are you know i speaking about the director thing that Romy said i've had directors where i've only had this one time where they were very controlling as such and they put a lot of pressure on you and they also told you stuff that you didn't really need to know. They were over-personal. Whereas, like, Jan's not my director anymore, but I speak to her every day. Um, and I know that even if I had a conflict of interest for her, because, of course, I'm involved with the social media and being a sponsor, um, if I'm not happy with something, I'll tell her straight away. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And she'll tell me the same things, like you should have to sugarcoat it because at the end of the day, it's your happiness. If you're unhappy about something, you have to speak out. Otherwise, you're just going to have, have the whole year resentful and then you're handed your crown. And you'll think, I wasted a whole year when I could have just spoken to them, had it out, sorted anything out and be happy for the whole year. And sometimes it's coming to the agreement. Sometimes there's things that you're not going to always agree on, but it's having that confidence that your director has your best interest at heart rather than like you know a fake facade as such you know they have to be real they have to be transparent um some directors will talk to you some don't well they'll keep in touch with you but you don't have to know every single detail of your life it's you know there's like that balance but also yeah don't be afraid to talk to them yeah um i'm actually going to skip my next question because i'm pretty i feel like we've covered it or any anyway and is that it is having these non-contracted i'm gonna really work on myself because even though i hate the term smaller and bigger you're gonna get stuck in the routine of saying it the non-contracted and contracted pageants they're really good um practice sort of stepping stones and things like that um i definitely feel from this conversation i need to get some people on to do some interviews about how to run good non-contracted pageants so that people that want to do them can run them professionally so um another mental note for there so i've got the next four seasons worth of content out of this one Um, (laughs) and so yeah i think i think we've pretty much can agree that they're great you can use different pageants as, as preparation and, and stepping stones. Um, I'm still never entirely sure who, what the big five are because when people try and talk about them, I'm like, I just don't want to know, actually. I don't want to know what's considered the big five. I've got my I've got my big ones that I want, to, that are big to me because they're the ones that I want to compete in. Um, and some of them I've aged out of before they even started in the UK. Ruth. <laughs> I think though with that it's a big five because it's it's worldwide isn't it um so and the UK we're not as big as pageantry as countries like the Philippines or like America and you know ones that will really invest in their winners and they have you know because they're so obsessed with pageantry whereas the UK is not like that um for most of us it is a hobby for some it is a lifestyle um so yeah, we're not as obsessed as other countries. So, though, yes, there is a top five, which we will tune in to watch and, you know, we'll go down to watch the finals. But 
any pageant can be considered a great pageant. You know, you have the audience, you have the stage, you have, you know, as long as it's well run and you give a good production show. And I'm not just saying that for the open dance because, you know, not everyone is keen on an open dance. You know, I hate an every- opening dance. I don't <laughs> even have one. I hate it. <laughs> I love an opening dance. I can't dance, but I love an opening dance. It's just, um, you have to work with what people can do. So if you're having ones of people doing the splits and jumping up, that's not going to work unless it's in a drag show. However, if you're just doing like, you know, some basic hand movements, you've got a good track, a little bit to bop to, like, it's fine. Um, Like, I know from my experience of doing the one last year, I love that because it was easy enough to know and not to be so stressful and if people didn't want to do it they could you know stay at the back still do a bit of hand movements it all worked together you don't have to be as stressed about it but it brings that element of fun as you said and also like warms them up which is why with IGM they had like the spokes model part and the casual casual wear it's like an option wasn't it yeah so that got like all the nerves they didn't have to do an opening number they could just like the casual let's do it and they did. They brought it. They really did. I used to choreograph for a show choir, bearing in mind I can't dance and I have no professional training. But we were such a mixture of abilities that I was kind of, I can picture dances, but I can't do them. Um, but we had a mixture of abilities. So I kind of got quite good at balancing out the people that were more like going to stand in the background and click their fingers and clap along and then highlighting the good dancers at the front and it made everyone look good <laughs> um, so those are the kind of opening numbers I like but it's kind of quite hard on on the day of rehearsals to know what variety they do, they do that internationals though as well they you know if you are more comfortable with dancing they'll put you with the front, the front. And you have to say that it's up to you to go yeah you know okay. I feel like I could do it you just um, insert some professional dancers in the front row. They're not competing. You just bring them on, make them do the dance at the front, and then they go home. <laughs> I'll be even more obvious so that other people can't. <laughs> it's there for fun. It's not for show. You, you know, just, like hot topless guys to do backflips and stuff in the opening number. <laughs> what show are we watching? <laughs> just have some decoration. All right. Um, so. Uh, I said one last question. It's not one last question. One last <laughs> chunk of questions. Um, there seems to be an increasing number of people within the industry like calling for this governing body, but then we also, the same people like myself, we kind of say that it, I don't feel like that that's possible. And as I said at the beginning, this is very specifically what Pageantland does not want to be. I 110% do not want to be any kind of governing body. Um, and I personally struggle to see how it is possible. Um, um, but Romy, I'm going to come to you with this one. Um, as someone who represents a system and a supplier and as a contestant, do you see any way in which systems and suppliers could better work together to support the industry growth? Um, are there any things, websites, etc., like Pageantland, things that we could do to help support um, all of you move forward more? Yeah, I think, you know, even just having basic interviews like this, like podcasts like you do, you know, discussing with smaller businesses that have a tie in with some possible pageants, for example, swimwear, earrings, you know, uh, dress suppliers, things like that, tan, you know, the, the, the lot really is a great way to kind of get people to connect 
better. Uh, in, in terms of, uh, yeah, a website, I think is a fantastic option of some sort to have, you know, uh, for example, if you have a tab and then you're looking for certain systems, you can click on that. You're looking for a dress supplier in a certain area, you can look for that. And, you know, it, it can go into different fields. I think it would take a long time to construct, but I think it can be added Things could be continuously added or taken off if you wish to that and it would give a whole variety so people aren't just um because what i've i've noticed that people feel they have to go uh, if they're competing in a certain system they need to go to a specific dress shop uh, or they need to go to this specific supplier and it's like well no not actually the case you can go wherever you want if you're looking for a specific dress or a specific you know, set of earrings, and you found them from somewhere, you take them from there, you discuss that. So I think a, a, a website or something to offer a variety of different suppliers and services on there would be a huge benefit to those, not only who are, are new to the system or pageantry as such, uh, but for those who might want to venture into their own business, there might be a gap in the market for someone to go, oh, there's not that there, maybe I should get involved. Um, and as long as people aren't, you know, replicating someone else business as such and doing something more bespoke or, or slightly different whatever that might be and then I think it's great to to develop these uh, businesses that can tie in with pageantry. Awesome and um, Ruth as a director how have you found as a, a sort of new director how have you found starting out how has this sort of last sort of year and a bit been with it? Yeah I found it it's difficult as I expected um and some of the things that I found challenging weren't necessarily what I expected them to be. But I just, I love pageantry. Same as Romy, like, none of us are in this for the money at all. Um, it's not money making. Where, where is the money? <laughs> <laughs> um, we do it because we love it. So we'd love to see the industry grow. And for me, I think we need to target younger kids so that it's a hobby that you can start when you're younger. I wish I'd started younger, um, would have had the opportunity to do more systems that I aged out of. Um, and also new people, like we need new, fresh blood in this industry. Um, I look, I try and look at things like the dance industry. How does that work? How are girls coming into starting to do dance? To me, there's synergies there that we should really be building on. Amazing. Um, and Hannah, You've been around pageantry a while <laughs> and you've interested, uh, interviewed many queens and contestants. Uh, you even coach a large number of contestants. Have you seen any developments, either positive or negative, you feel um, have impacted or will impact the industry as we're moving forward? I think it goes on with what Romy was saying about selecting a certain like brand or a certain thing. The, the make of your dress doesn't win you the crown you know the supplier that you're using the coach that you're using um like for me as a pageant coach I make sure that I research every system yes I have experience in some more in most um but I make sure that my skills are transferable to all different pageant systems and if I'm not sure about that pageant system I will research I will you know I do <laughs> pageants are my life apart from having a daughter you know it's that escape um from normality for the day although I, I looked how I would usually look um <laughs> but that's the thing with Sparkles and Rice as well I wanted it to be a place where people could come to um who are new and find all these different systems 
different interviews with different girls, not just queens, but finalists and like suppliers and, and things like that. And the reason why I saw a gap in market with the, the manual, because there's so many different manuals, a lot of ideas won't be original. Um, there are things in America that happen. There are loads of manuals in America where I was like, oh, there's not anything UK based. So let's go and do that because, you know, platforms aren't as big over here. Um, we don't have questions that are based on religion or politics or things like that. We're very much a, a political free um, when it comes to interviews and stuff. It's more about you, focus on you. So I wanted to, to bring that side. I don't think there's any negative I guess apart from people thinking they have to do this they have to do that to get the crown when in reality that's not the case there's a lot of positive I've seen throughout these many years of pageantry and social media has really helped that because you find out when I started competing in 2010 it's when I met Laura who was uh, Ms Galaxy Island 2017 she told me about galaxies so I entered galaxy and I found out about earth and then I found out about all these different pageant systems as well um obviously I came back next year for Miss Winning because it was local it was really easy for me but not many people have the opportunity now to go to local regional heats because it's as I said pageant is not about money making if we held all these regionals there will be no finals because regionals are so expensive the finals are so expensive like people think that all these directors are like living off all this cash girls are not <laughs> there's so much money and you know but, and it is done for the love of pageantry it's the same as Bucks and rhinestones I don't charge loads of amounts because I know how expensive pageants can be from being a competitor still being a competitor um who knows where my next uh, journey will take me um but yeah, uh, social media has definitely been a, a positive fact because then you can find more about these systems, you can talk more um, to different people and, and see and search and find all these events as well, like appearances. There's so many different appearances you can do and you find local areas. Like I will use the example of the Wiltshire Beauty Queens. Um, it started with me, Ruth, Georgia and Ella, who doesn't compete anymore. And then we held the 2014 regionals and that's where I met Jay, Paige and Emily. Um, Sherry, I found out from, she went to coaching with me um, many moons ago, went to an appearance together, started talking. I was like, come, come join our little group. Um, you know, we do appearances together. Uh, and that's where Sabrina as well. Sabrina was a contestant um, in Galaxy competing directly against Georgia. Um, like directly and we're like oh if you're Wiltshire come in because it's that it gave us the opportunity to network and to go into different events and to then learn about different pageants and then you know we have all this experience we're not just that's thing pageants aren't just your life like we have a life outside pageantry and these girls can become like your besties they really can it's not just all like pageant based you don't have to go into a pageant thinking this is what I'm going to do this is what I'm going to do to win like you have to look at the whole experience of competing and that's where the positives will come if you look at the whole experience of gaining confidence gaining friendships you know having that experience different life experiences public speaking going to events that you don't think you would have gone to before um so when you look back at your pageant journey you look at those moments rather than the ones you didn't win or the pageants you didn't enter um but yeah like girls are more willing to learn about all these different aspects rather than just like the one thing they see um so yeah I've seen a a, a big positive influence I guess in these years <laughs> I've seen 
yeah I've definitely seen that change in the last few years as well this that and it's really there's been a nice shift away from it just being about the win and being about the journey um I think if I'd I mean there was no way I would have won Galaxy the first time I competed like I'd have I'd have been like no you've got it wrong <laughs> um, because even I knew it was a disaster um in every way <laughs> um but I think about how much I have learned from competing since then and I wouldn't want to have won and not learned that and not had had that journey, not had that learning experience. And they do say you le- do learn more from failing than you do from from winning. And yes, it is nice to to have those successes in life, be it winning a crown or um, landing that promotion or whatever it may be. Um, it's nice to actually get a little bit of success sometimes and remind you why you're putting in the hard work. Um, but the le- the journey of learning is. It, it, the journey to to that success is much more and you learn so much more and you grow so much more um than if you just went in and won straight out and like okay what's next um it's that that failure and that falling down that is the learning curve um and that helps us to grow better and stronger so yeah i've i really like that that the, the industry seems to be having this really nice um evolution towards that being recognized a lot more um, does anyone have anything else they wanted to add or that that's anything that sparked thoughts are we all ready for tea and cake <laughs> um, I would just say don't be afraid to message people and to use the resources out there like pageant land is a good resource sparks and rhinestones there's other pageant girls that give tips and stuff just just enjoy the journey. Don't be afraid of whatever system you're entering. If it's not a big system, you know, it's big to you. It's your dream. Like, yeah. don't let anyone ruin your dream, basically. My positive thoughts a day, you know, and watch out for the ultimate handbook. <laughs> like, yeah, but no, it's like, it's great to like hear these tips as well because, you know, I'm doing a section on contracted and non-contracted and it's like, wow, perfect. Like, it's just getting all these thoughts that everyone else has and things because I've been around a long time, there are things that I don't think about which others would like to know. So mm. we're still constantly learning. You can be in pageants for a really long time and there's still things that you're learning about. So don't be afraid although, to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're not all expert experts, but you know, we have some experience. And if we're not mm. experiencing it, we educate ourselves and we learn about it. And well, that's so what you can do. Now, you might reach out to the person you happen to have met or say you've listened to the podcast so you reach out to me and I go well are you reaching out and you're asking questions about universe I know nothing about universe so I might say oh, well this person I know has competed that the person you ask for advice might just be the connector to the actual answer as well mm-hmm. um so don't feel like you have to go and necessarily seek out the perfect person and um, if if you don't um so you want to know more about IGM you don't know Ruth you don't know any of the IGM queens maybe reach out to someone that you know does like that stepping stone person um, I just reached out to Ruth she'll tell you everything she's there <laughs> it's yeah, job. You don't, know, you don't know how lovely she is you might not feel comfortable doing that she's like lovely and if you really get to know her she'll bake you cookies so I hope you're baking cookies for tomorrow cookies <laughs> I, I actually am <laughs> I just wanted to say as well, um, following off the bat of this, anyone who's listening is to, and I think this has been mentioned a few times, about the journey. And this journey is all about you. So uh, you can be 
you know, almost in a way, you, you can be selfish, like focus on yourself. Don't worry about what other people think, you know, the judgment that's there or what I must be doing, what I should be doing. No, you do it for you. You pick out a system that's right for you. You pick the coach that you feel most comfortable with. You know, I think it's all about developing what you want and that's where you'll get the best experience uh, and the, the best opportunities will come your way because it's based on your decisions, not influenced by millions of people saying you must do this system or you should will be the best at this one. No, it's up to you to decide what's right for you. So I just wanted to point that out. Mm -hmm. I see one of the big things that we really want, um, we haven't got a launch date for the website yet. Um, but one of the big things is we wanted to have quite a lot of uh, information on systems um, all in one place. Um, so I know, I've, um, I believe those of you lovely ladies who have systems um, have completed it already with all, the, all questions about systems. And it wasn't just a case of what are your age groups? where's your event, what's your website link? There's, it's quite a lot of questions on there so that we are able to, to open people's eyes to the variety that's out there and all the options um, in one place. Um, and we have other plans for how to sort of get promoting all the different types of systems as well. But um, it's, it's gonna be a pageant, pageant land is a long journey. <laughs> We've got a lot of plans, but it's gonna take some time. So please bear with. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much for joining me. Um, can we just go round like we did at the beginning? So we'll go Ruth, Romy, Hannah again. Um, and just let us know how is best to find you on social media. So I'm at Ruth Wade Pageants, I think, on Instagram. Uh, at International Junior Miss UK. Um, at Ruthie Wade. I'm all sorts, basically. But you can find me on Facebook, Ruth Wade, or International Junior Miss UK on Facebook as well. And Romy? Uh, if you want to find me personally and my pageant journey and what I'm a bit about, you can literally just search my name, which is Romy Simpkins, on Instagram and Facebook. I have a public page on Facebook as well as my personal, so it depends if you want to add me as a friend or if you just want to like my page. I will not be offended either way. Also, if you want to check out Atlantic, uh, it's Atlantic Beauty Pageant on Instagram and obviously Facebook. And we also have the website too, which is exactly the same name, which is Atlantic Beauty Pageant. Thank you. And the swimwear? Oh, yeah, swimwear. Sorry, yeah, I've got my Atlantica swimwear. Check that out, too. That's all the same. Gosh, I forget how many things I've got on, so bear with me. <laughs> um, and Hannah, where can we find you? Honestly, before I, I say my things, yeah, the swimwear is Unreal Girls. And for someone who really struggles to find swimwear, like, in the winter months, go and find that page. Honestly, I'm not in a swimwear body at the moment, so... I'll just go to pre-mark. However, <laughs> if you're going on stage, message. Um, but for me, you can find me, oh my God, <laughs> so many. Uh, so if you want pictures of my daughter and dogs and memes and some selfies of me, you go at uh, Hannah Barbie G. Uh, <laughs> my pageant one is why my spokesmodel, um, but that will most likely change just to Hannah Golden Pageants, uh, just because I my crown is up in a couple of weeks. Um, so whenever this comes out, Sparks and Rhinestones, it's just Sparks and Rhinestones UK on Instagram, and you can search Sparks and Rhinestones on Facebook. My pageant page on Facebook is Hannah Golden Beauty Queen. Yeah, I do have a like pages as well. I do pageant magazine, just search for that. Yummy, yummy pageants, yummy pageants, yummy pageants. It's all there. There's no separate page for the manual or anything like that because, as you can tell, I have too many social media. So when I took a week off, 
Oh, like Queen's Chat. Your website for your birthday. I think that needs to be your birthday. I'm going to make your website with all your links on it, so you can do that one. I never update it. I have a Mac now, I guess. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this on tablets and phones for ages, and notepads everywhere. So now I have one centralized thing. Maybe, maybe. You'd like a social media declutter and just have one. I keep trying to trim mine down. I've still got like five accounts. You know, it's fun, isn't it? The milk. <laughs> but yeah, those are all the socials. Like, if you want to follow, if you don't, but we do like tips and interviews and videos and stuff as well. Because so, so if you're looking for casually, definitely go there. If you just want to see myself, just go on my pages. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, ladies. This has run on really, really long. It's probably going to be the longest podcast episode I've ever done. Um, Breaking records. Yeah, but I hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, I've definitely got a lot of information that I need to go away and process and loads of ideas that it's sparked and things that I will be throwing out and things that I will be moving forward. So I'm very, very excited by all of this. I can't wait to tell the rest of the Pageantland team as well. Um, but for now, um, this is a goodbye from me. Um, please check out all the links in the show notes. Rock on over to our social media. Um, Instagram is always the best, which is at Pageantland Online. And I'll see you guys Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.